folks. This episode is going to be a Seattle International Film Festival interview extravaganza. That was a mouthful. Uh, there are going to be three parts to this episode. Part one is Coronton Fila from the film, the French film, Being 17. Part two is going to be Rifki Asaf and Suad Bouchnak from the Jordanian film, The Curve. And part three is going to be going to be Javier Ruiz Caldera from the Spanish film Spy Time. Now, in between parts one and two, there's a 20-second excerpt of the score from the film The Curve, because Suad Bouchnak, who is on that part of the episode, is the composer. So I wanted to make sure to include part of her music into that interview. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode, everyone. And you can find the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at about to review. You can also send me an email to about to review at gmail.com with any show suggestions or ideas that you have. We're also on iTunes and definitely always appreciate some reviews and ratings. So again, hope you enjoy this episode, this all interview extravaganza, and we will see you soon. Welcome back, everyone. And in our continuing Seattle International Film Festival coverage, I am sitting down with Quarantine Fila from the new movie Being 17, which is a French film that is playing currently at SIF. Welcome, Quarantine. Hello. Am I pronouncing that right, or did I butcher it? <laughs> uh, not exactly right. Okay. <laughs> it's Corentin Fila. Corentin Fila? Yeah. Game. <laughs> close. <laughs> close. Really close. Excellent. All right. So what is this movie, Being 17, about? It's about a really strong relation between two young guys, two young boys. Um, there is something really strong between those two guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, attraction, we don't know exactly what, but they are really violent. Uh, okay. There is a lot of violence, and we, we don't know why they're fi- fighting together. And during the movie, all the film, this relation is going to to become something else. What kind of drew you? What drew you to this movie in particular to want to be a part of? Okay, okay, okay. Um, Andre Teixeira is really famous director in uh, in France mm-hmm. but he's he's amazing everybody respects him you know you you can not really appreciate his movie or, or his art mm-hmm. but he knows how to make a movie he he's really respect respected in uh, in the industry in, in, in the French industry okay. he's one of the maybe the most respected directors in uh, in um, in this industry wow. so when when he pick you it's, it's like i think for any actors in france you, you're like uh, yes okay 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 <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> it is an immediate yes <laughs> yeah of course yes okay now what were you doing before you chose to do this movie before this i was i was um in a in an acting school okay in paris called La Classe Libre du Cours Florent. It's a little bit famous in France. It's, uh, it's a class you, you get in with, um, uh, with big selection. Mm-hmm. There is 2,000 people who, who want to go, to go in and we are only 20. 
So it's a big selection like uh, national, uh, like Conservatoire National. It's okay. uh, a big production, like a big school that is very selective. Yeah, really, really selective, like one percent of. Wow. So we, it's really selective. And and when you got this school, you got an agent. Mm-hmm. Just after, immediately after you got an agent, and it was my fir- first casting. So this is your your. Had you auditioned for other things before, or did you audition for this and then you got it? Right uh, away? It's it's my first ever audition. First so, ever audition. Yeah. <laughs> and you land a movie with one of the most acclaimed French yeah, directors. That's cool. But very cool. No, I, I've 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 had some other auditions. Oh, okay. That I didn't get. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> but but it's a first and uh, first time that's that you were cast. Yeah. Well, I mean, great job. I mean, considering yeah, the first time you're being cast uh, in a movie you know, like this. So, and then I heard that you were doing some modeling yeah. before starting getting into acting. Mm-hmm. How long were you doing that? Uh, I've been a model for two years, maybe. So after, after um, school, mm-hmm. I've been, uh, I had, uh, I've, I've done economic studies, mm-hmm. economy studies for, for four years. Okay. It was really boring for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> And uh, so I've turned into being a model for Elite. And I've been modeling in Paris and in London for, yeah, something like two years, a little bit less. But it was boring too, not really my... You can't really express uh, an artistic point of view when you're a model. It's just like, we like you, a a creator, like Mm you or not. Right. And, and, and for everything, you are special, you are amazing, or you are a big shit. <laughs> but just because of, of what she looks like. And it's, gotcha. it's not really cool to be just this. So, yes. So you wanted to do something more creative. Yeah. So I've, I've seen um, a play from Peter, Peter Brook mm-hmm. in a big theater in France called uh, Les Bouffes du Nord uh, with uh, South African actors, black Okay. This place was amazing. It was in two, two, 2012, I think. Okay. And after I've seen this display, I I realized I want I wanted to be an actor for it was amazing the energy, the power mm-hmm. of, of those guys on the stage. It was amazing. Now when you were in school, did you do a lot of stage yeah. uh, productions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've played I've played on this theater. Oh, on that same one where you saw the, the same play? one, yeah, the same one. Les Bouffes du Nord. I've played. What was that like? Considering that was the inspiration to get it you into crazy, acting. It was crazy. It was crazy. I didn't really appreciate the play. Hmm. I've done that. It was not an amazing experience like this, but just the fact to play in in the place I've uh, I've that discovered the stuff. You? Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Four years after I was I was on this the same stage. It was crazy. That is, was that really is cool. now when you went to see that play the first time. Mm. Were you with people, and did then they get to see you perform on that yeah, same no, stage? Yeah, I no, was, I was alone. It's funny because uh, I don't remember who, but it was a gift. Like, someone okay. gave me a um, ticket for, mm-hmm. for, for see, to, to, to see the display. And I was, oh, theater, no, I don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I want to I wanna try. And it was an amazing experience. And I mean, it seems to have worked out. I mean, it gave you the inspiration yeah. <laughs> to do what you are now doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, when it comes to like 
the difference between modeling and and film. Yeah. Were you nervous or as nervous to do both or was one of them different? I I I not consider myself as a model. I've never considered myself as a model because okay. it's really it's, I'm not really comfortable comfortable with this. Hmm. It's kind of really strange, you know, because when you're a model everybody say you're beautiful <laughs> and it's kind of a pressure like you have to be beautiful because you are gotcha. a model like it's like oh he's a model voila you you are a model okay i don't you know right. I, i don't know it's not um, i'm not comfortable at all with being a model acting it's not the same stuff at all it's my it's my soul and i, f- I feel it wow. i know and, and um, i'm expressing something um, i'm good at it's not the same thing Ac- uh, modeling it's attitude mm-hmm acting is everything except attitude it's it's about real things real stuff it's about you your life your experience um it's about who you are in a situation your comprehension your comprehension of 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 a subject of uh of people of mm-hmm. other people of world of it's, it's so much powerful so much big and and uh, and pure it's not so the same stuff and it came way more naturally yeah 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 It's more natural to play than to 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 be a model. To be a model, it's <laughs> it's just uh, hey, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a model. No, <laughs> alpha male. What do you say? Alpha male? No. Alpha male? Yeah. 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 Alpha male. <laughs> 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 Now, and before we before we started the interview, you were doing a little bit of a beatbox. Yeah. No, I'm some... not doing beatbox. No. Oh, I, come I, on. <laughs> no, I can rap. If you're doing Ooh. beatbox, I can trying to improve. Oh, so it's French. Put the French. pressure on me. Yeah. Okay. Je mange pas de pommes, je dégomme, je regarde tranquillement John posé sur la mélodie. Y a rien à manger, pas de plat, je regarde Sophia sur le portable, bom bom sur le cell phone. Non, c'est n'importe quoi. There, there you go. You guys just had a Corentin Fila original. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what he said. So hopefully it was all good things about me. It was. It was a. Uh, Nothing. <laughs> all right. Well, for all of our French listeners, which we might get some of now that you have been on the show, they can let me know what you say. <laughs> um, okay. So speaking of, speaking of kind of beatboxing and freestyling, what do you like to do in your free time? Like when you are not okay. acting? I, I, I like, I love fiesta. Okay. Um, no, uh, love, love, being in love, being in love. Sorry. <laughs> right. Um I like I like I like uh read I like poetry. Um I think I'm a kind of romantic guy. Okay. Sentimental. Mhm. I don't know. I love I like feelings, like life feelings and uh everything from I like to walk, you know, in Paris mm-hmm. and uh think about everything. I don't know. Okay. Now, when you I'm curious. I mean, I'm curious about things. Okay. Now, in this film, you play a 17-year-old. Yeah. And you're 27 now. Mm. Speaking of feelings and, you know, things you like to do now, what was it like kind of going back to to when you were 17? It's it's strangely it was not such difficult, you know? Okay. Because I've I look really young. 
<laughs> and I think there is a reason. Like if if I I look so young, I'm maybe I'm I'm blocked. You know, right? There is something in me that still I, I'm still a little boy. I think of 17 years old. I'm I'm curious and like mm -hmm. oh okay, with the eyes uh, really eyes wide open. Exactly, yeah. I don't know, but I have something like this from seventeens. Uh, so it was pretty easy then to kind of transition back to that because you just you feel. Yeah, I feel I feel I'm seventeen in my in my, in my head, you know. So <laughs> right, so easy transition. Easy transition, yeah. <laughs> Now you just got into Seattle last night. Yeah. And you're going to be here for a couple days, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know what things you are going to be doing? Like, what are things? No, I know nothing. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I know um, there is a big library. Uh-huh, yeah, I just a couple blocks away. Exactly. So today I'm going to this library. Uh, there is a lot of movies I want to see. Mm -hmm. And As we'll, part of we'll the, see. the film festival? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I've met a director like a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name, That is <laughs> but okay. I'm going to see this his movie, and uh, and I don't know yet, but I'm going to walk and see, and yeah. watch. Well, I mean, you are right downtown, and so there's plenty to do. You can walk down to the water, mm -hmm. uh, which is, again is just a few you know blocks away from here. Because have you been to the U.S. before? No, it's my first time. First, my time. very first time in in the uh, U.S. Yeah. And you're coming to Seattle, the greatest city yeah. ever. <laughs> okay. So But it's yeah. look, it's look really, very beautiful. Uh, I, I've seen Seattle from the, the, the plane, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> and it looks like amazing. Mm -hmm. So now I'm, maybe, maybe I'm going to be really disappointed. I don't know. No, no, <laughs> no. not disappointed at all. <laughs> it is just as gorgeous when you're walking around. Okay. And the library. Perfect. The library is tremendous. It okay. is huge. It is this architectural landscape so being as how much you like reading and seeing interesting things i think you'll love it okay um now what is what is next for you like do you know what projects you are going to be mm, doing? yeah um i have two projects i'm i'm shooting uh since 17 no from 17 mm -hmm. of, uh, like in in, in six days mm -hmm. seven days For a, sh a show called uh, La Vie de Vanel. Okay. It's, it's something kind of cool. I have 20, 20 days of, uh, 25 days of shooting. Okay. And after this, I'm doing a f uh, the first role of a long of a movie, of a film. I can't talk a lot about this. Secret project? Not, okay. yeah. Right, kind okay. Of, but it's cool. So you're you are busy. You have, you have yeah, a few yeah, things yeah, coming yeah, up. Yeah, that's cool. Um, now, when you were shooting this movie, you guys were up in, you know, some farm villages, kind of in, in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Did you grow up in the city or did you grow up, you know, kind of? I, I grew up in Paris, you know. But, oh, in Paris. Okay. But, but I feel like it's really strange. I'm going to say maybe something strange, but I have the, the same uh, relation with nature than this guy. Mm-hmm. The same thing for me in Paris, in my city. I'm I'm a lot. I'm outside every time, during the night. I'm walking, listening music, mm -hmm. going to to bars, or and I, I love to to be alone in my city during the night and walking and walking and I've got the same stuff that him. For him, it's in the mountain. For me, it's mm -hmm. in Paris. But 
it's wild to I don't know same men- same mentality yeah exactly so it was nice for you to kind of be up in the mountains because you're doing kind of the same type of things you, you can you could go on walks and exactly it's the same it's the same kind of stuff it's just not the same area but I for me I'm I'm as wild as him but in Paris mm-hmm. it looks strange but uh, I'm that's like this <laughs> I don't know excellent well yeah I think that that is it as far as my questions and again like welcome welcome to Seattle I oh, mean, thank you enjoy the film festival I actually just saw another French film uh, a couple days ago uh, news from planet Mars uh, okay I, no but it's French th- title I, I yeah okay that's I, I think it's another another title you know actors or not um I could look it up on this device that has all of the information <laughs> available to me right in my hand but yeah so that was uh, yeah I wonder if that was who you uh, who you ran into let me see it's with Vincent McCain and everything no no Seul sur Mars no c'est quoi do not know Francois Damiens oh yes Francois Damiens okay okay Amazing actor, amazing. Yeah, he was really. This is the first time that that I had seen him. So, he's amazing. One, well, a Belgium one. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you for for taking the time to be on the show. Uh, being seventeen is the film. What is it called in in French? Quand on a 17 ans. Yep, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I was not going to try that because <laughs> it was just it was going to be as bad as when I tried to pronounce your name. So, and thank you for giving us the freestyle uh, rap. <laughs> so. Okay, I'm recording, recording um, an album. Oh, soon. okay. D- so, so you need me to do the beats is what you were exactly, saying. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Oh, good. But so, you're part of the, the project. Yes. Hey, this, okay. this is on wax. This is on record. So, you know, if you ever do it. So thank you, thank you again, Quentin. You're welcome. Enjoy Seattle. Thank you, man. I am joined by Rifki Asaf, the writer and director of a film from Jordan called The Curve. Welcome, Rifki, to the show. Hello. Uh, nice to meet you, John. And what is, how do you pronounce the name, uh, the non-English name of this film? It's called Al-Munatov. It's an Arabic word uh, for, uh, for the curve, actually. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, a literal translation. Okay. Now, can you tell me a little bit about what this film is and kind of what inspired you to be a part of this project? Well, actually, I started the project because uh, I'm also the writer of mm-hmm. the film. Uh, it's a very personal project. It's uh, an internal story about my own uh, fears and uh, feelings and uh, loss, actually. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to... Um, I lost my father mm-hmm. uh, like 17 years ago, um, and I was really haunted with that fact. Um, uh, I always wanted to be a filmmaker, and after losing my father, who was the, the main supporter of this dream, <coughs> I, I always wanted to pursue that dream and mm. make a film to also, um, you know, um, 
express that feeling of loss. Mm-hmm. Um, my first film is dedicated to him, and um, it is about loss. Um, and uh, that's why the project, uh, uh, even though it was really hard to make, mm-hmm. uh, I had very, very strong motive to do it, so I, I pursued with it. Did your father get to see any of your projects completed, or did he pass before you were able to get those done? No, he actually passed away before even I started the uh, filmmaking career. It was oh, okay. just a dream. I wanted to study filmmaking. And while preparing to, to go to uh, a, a film school, mm-hmm. um, I was, I was uh, applying to film school, and he passed away, so I couldn't study filmmaking. Mm. I had to stay with my family. But it was um, it was motivating for me. It it was uh, it was a personal dream at the beginning, mm-hmm. and after he passed away, it was like a like a mission. A, yes, yes, it's like a, a commitment. Mm-hmm. It became a commitment because he was helping me to to uh, to achieve it. So I had to maybe show him that mm-hmm. I I could do it all alone. Excellent. Yeah. And I read somewhere that um, on the license plate of the van in the movie, the license plate is the date of his of his passing. Is that correct? Uh, it's the date of his birth. Of his birth. Yes, yes it's um, uh, April uh, 18, mm-hmm. 1949. And wow. that's the plate of the car. And there are many um, in the film, there mm-hmm. are many um, signs referring to him. Um, really? Yeah, you can see a picture inside a, a destructed house mm-hmm. where one of the characters is waiting, and uh, that picture is the picture of my father. Oh, uh, wow. Yes. Also, there's, um, you know, uh, in, in Jordan, in the Arab world, um, when you have uh, water in some rest houses on the road, mm-hmm. <coughs> some people uh, donate those, uh, those uh, water... Uh, well, I don't know what they call them. It's like the uh, water containers? Yes. Okay. Uh, people donate water containers for hmm. the passenger passing by, you know. Interesting. And they, they always write about uh, write the name of the donator hmm. um, or, or the donator's family if he's, mm-hmm. if he's a dead person. So I, I also used my father's name. As on one of the, those? Yes, on the container as the donator of the container. So... It's full of messages like that, hidden mm-hmm. hidden uh, signs. Um, it's part of uh, somehow. It's, some people might feel it's like um, out of the film kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I felt I felt uh, I'm obligated to do that to out of respect. Yes, out of for respect. your father. Exactly. That is tremendous. I mean, I really like <coughs> when when creators, you know, such as yourself, are able to put in you know, those little touches that mean so much, you know, because this project is such an intimate project, is such a passionate project of yours to put in those things that remind you, even if you're the only person yes, yes, <laughs> that, yes. that recognizes them, you know, that, that they're there, you know, for him. Actually, I did it for myself, yes, mm-hmm. for him and for me. And also, as you said, out of respect. And there's another part of it. It's like... Um, it is a personal film. It mm-hmm. is a very personal film. The journey in the film itself and the main character uh, represents my inner world. You know, I, mm. we have three characters in the film. One of them is Roddy, the main character, living isolated in that van. 
And the other character is a Lebanese filmmaker, director. Right. So, you know, it's like an ego, an alter ego, mm-hmm. some kind of, of game I played in, in, in some of, in one of the film's layer, because, because um, there are many layers in this mm-hmm. film. Absolutely. Uh, one of them is really about me. It's totally about myself. Hmm. The others is, um, are the uh, journey itself, and any audience in the world can relate to it and feel um, the uh, relationship of the characters and, and so. But if you go deeper in the film, you will find my inner, inner soul, you know. That is great. And all of us, whenever we're on journeys, you know, we always have sometimes those internal voices or external voices and it seems like this film gave you the opportunity, you know, to show your journey and those external characters then, you know, represent what you're going through. Totally. Exactly. Uh, as I said once in, uh, in an interview in, in Dubai, I said it's really hard to uh, portray your inner, your inner self. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest job ever because, because it's not easy to show people your your inside, mm-hmm. you know, because your soul, uh, in a sense. Yeah, it's 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 really really hard, and uh, I tried to do it, and uh, after doing it, I felt really uh, relieved, you know. I felt like I made the film I wanted to make, mm-hmm. even even though I didn't know how it would work with people, right? <laughs> but I wanted to make it the way I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I did, and uh, I'm happy now with the results. The the interaction of the audience mm-hmm. around the world is really nice. In Dubai, it was uh, really good. And here in Seattle, first non-Arab audience mm-hmm. to see the film, and uh, the reaction is amazing. Yeah, the reaction here, you know, at the at the Seattle International Film Festival has definitely been positive. So, and that is something that, as a creator of something so personal like this, you know, that must feel satisfying to see. I'm I'm really happy with that because I was afraid how non-Arab audience would uh, interact with such a film mm-hmm. because it is personal and because it is really local in some mm-hmm. in some aspects and um, and I believe if you if you go locally and if you go deeper inside yourself you'll reach broader audiences. Excellent, yeah, because those messages, you know, universal messages. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other things that I questions that I had. So the character, the main character, um, or actually rather all three kind of the driving vehicle, literally driving vehicle is an old Volkswagen van, which is such an iconic car. Was there something about that car that made it special or the reason that you chose that? Yeah. Um, my late father as mm-hmm. well, uh, used to trade German cars. Okay. Back in the eighties. And so I, I was raised, I grew up around German cars mm-hmm. like uh, BMW and I don't want to make an advertisement here. Right. <laughs> but many, many cars, many German cars, one of them is the uh, vans like these. And mm-hmm. um, um, I didn't have the chance to, to, to be in a van like these before. Really? I, no. Um, but I love them. I love them and they represented many things I wanted to present in that film. One of them is freedom, because in mm. the 70s and 60s, these vans were representing <coughs> freedom voices in, uh, in mm-hmm. the West and in the whole world. And um, 
and uh, it's a, it's a very nice symbol to talk about freedom mm-hmm. and it is a personal symbol somehow because it is a german car so something both, that you grew both up sides with sides gave me the uh, uh, made me uh, choose that car in particular excellent to, to yeah because when we think of you know here <coughs> especially on you know the west coast you know the Volkswagen van you know people think of you know the hippie culture and the hippie exactly. movement yeah freedom Exactly, but it just it goes back to that core thing of it was a place where you could drive, you could pull over to the side of the road, take a nap, you know, do whatever, and it was your home. Um, actually, may, the main character in the film uses it as a home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it's his house. He's decorating it to to sleep and live in it. And also, as you said, because of this symbol symbolism about peace and freedom, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Um, breaking the, the I, I don't want to say breaking the rules, no, but maybe breaking the um, um, uh, traditions, mm-hmm. uh, somehow being free to do whatever you want. This, this symbolism um, and this symbol um, is perfectly um, represented by this car. Some of the imagery you know, that you use with the car you know, in these landscape shots you know, is just is gorgeous. The cinematography was incredible, and and I and I applaud you know you as a director and also the cinematographer. Uh, it was Piotr. Piotr uh, Jaxa. Jaxa. Yes. Now, had you known each other before this project? Actually, this is uh, this would be uh, something to talk about because uh, Piotr. Um, uh, He's a very old, uh, he's an old uh, cinematographer. Mm-hmm. He made like 67 feature films. Wow. For, yeah. He's Polish, living in Switzerland. Okay. Uh, Swiss Polish. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, um, he used to work with uh, Krzysztof Kieślowski. Okay. Uh, the famous Polish-French uh, filmmaker. Uh, and he worked in his trilogy, one of my favorite film trilogies ever. Really? Which is um, blue, white, red. It's uh, it's a very famous trilogy. So when I was um, choosing the the DOP, I used to have um, an Argentinian friend who was gonna shoot the film, and he got some personal issues. He couldn't come, so I was looking for another cinematographer. Mm-hmm. And Piotr came in the in in the mind. The producer Rula uh, Nasser suggested him. And when I looked him up, I saw that he worked with Kishlovsky, one of mm-hmm. my idols. So I said, yes, of course, I want hey, to absolutely. work with this. Absolutely, <laughs> I want to work with this guy. And when he came, uh, he read the script, of course, and mm-hmm. he said he loved, he loved it. And um, I think his contribution in the film was really, really um, uh, outstanding. I, mm-hmm. I love what he did. Um, uh, he understood the, the story very well. Mm-hmm. And he understood also the um, the poetic um, mm. um, side of, of, of the story and the film, and that helped us a lot, um, giving such an such an imagery. Yeah, and it has almost kind of a, a lyrical quality, you know, as you are going through, you know, with your with your words, you know, paired up with, you know, his artistic vision, you know, after reading the script and being a part of that. It was it was tremendous. It was definitely a, a great collaboration between you two. To be honest, because because of of the um, age difference, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really hard at the beginning. <laughs> uh, because I am a first time 
filmmaker. Yeah, I was I was going to mention and that. He's like a very established cinematographer, mm-hmm. and um, that was hard at the beginning. But we we could reach um, an an understanding mm-hmm. so that we don't like uh, clash. Uh, clash, <laughs> yes, somehow. Um, and I I always believe in in, in the contribution of the team uh, work, you know, because when you when you have such a cinematographer. You can't be a dictator. You can't mm-hmm. be uh, the guy who who, who says uh, it should be done like that and right. no way other. No, you have to let your team contribute. And mm-hmm. I did that with the editor as well. I did that with the music composer. <coughs> it's always good to let people give and then decide what to keep and what to to, to drop. And that's what I did, mm-hmm. uh, and his contribution was really, yeah. really good. You gave them, you know, the freedom again, that core value. You gave them the freedom to create. I tried because I'm, I'm not that easy <laughs> <laughs> as a person. I tried to, to, um, to go up um, above my, my own. Uh, uh, you know, you know, Ego. somehow sometimes you, you became strict about things. Mm-hmm. Especially when you are uh, making a, a very personal film, right? I try to rise above that and give each person the freedom to give their most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are all great artists. They are chosen in the film because they are great artists. Mm-hmm. So uh, giving them the freedom is is the best way to do it. To do things. I tried, and I think the result is uh, <laughs> satisfying. Oh, it, it is more than satisfying. So far, yeah. Being that this is your first feature, you know that you have done. What is next? Well, I'm I'm trying to make some money working in television. Okay, <laughs> Jordan <laughs> now, and um, I started writing my second excellent feature. Uh, only the story of it. Mm-hmm. I have maybe a collaboration of four writers only for the story. Mm-hmm. I usually write my scripts uh, on my own. Like uh, okay, yeah, but in the story, I I always tend. Like in the curve, uh, we have uh, Halim Mardawi. He's um, he's a dentist, mm-hmm. but he helped me writing the story of of the mm-hmm. film. But the screenplay, I did it on my own. I'm also doing that in the second film, collaborating okay. with three other writers for the story. And afterward, I will start writing the script. It's um, it's a different story, but also with the same uh, father son theme. Gotcha. I'm I'm interested in making three movies about this team. Because oh wow! I I I once read that to get rid of um, something burdening you, uh, mm-hmm. you have to make three films. Really? About it? Yes. So I'm I made the first one. Now working on the second one, and hopefully to to also make an, uh, another a third one uh, about the same team to um, to dedicate to dedicate that. Uh, trilogy to my late father, hopefully. That is that is great. So speaking of collaborators, uh, we are joined with the film's composer, uh, Suad. And how do you pronounce your last name again? Bushnak. Bushnak. So welcome. Thank you. Now, when you were when you started getting involved with this project as the composer, was the film had the film been completed or were you there during the whole thing? So usually composers join the team uh, during post-production, mm-hmm. obviously. And in this case, uh, I joined <laughs> the team since the synopsis. So oh, wow. Rifri and I met over social media and he said, I have this idea for a film and this is the synopsis. And he sent it to me and he wanted to hear samples. 
this is also my first feature film. So I've, okay. I've been a composer for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have a, my music out, but as a film score, I didn't have um, a film score, anything set to picture to, you know, to kind of convince him that I've composed a right. picture. So he was like, how about you sample for me? So I composed two tracks for him uh, based on the synopsis. And we kept them, you know, like going in and out of our heads. And then he mm-hmm. sent me the script a year later. Okay. And we realized that um, the pieces don't fit. And he's a very picky filmmaker. I mm-hmm. mean, he knows what he wants, you know. So right. it was revision after revision. And then two years after the script, he sent me the rough cut. And the minute I saw the picture, we, I was like, no, there's no way we can use that music. And we wow. revamped the whole thing. So eventually we ended up having one minute. Uh, sorry, one minute. That's what? wrong. <laughs> one hour and 15 minutes of music. Wow. Uh, that we only used 10 minutes of towards the end. So we chose the best of the best, you know, the cream of the crop. Wow. And... Um, that's what we ended up choosing. So for me, it was a journey. I mean, Absolutely. I've been since the conception of the film and um, I believed in his ability, even though it is his first feature, but mm-hmm. the story just captured my heart. You know, there was something very, very um, appealing about it and very haunting at the same time. And I, I knew it was a film that I wanted to score. So it was a four year long journey, but I'm glad it's... Uh, you know, it's not over in the sense that it's over, but mm-hmm. that I'm glad that it's been completed. And I hope that I do collaborate with him again, because um, once you know how to, you know, communicate with a filmmaker Absolutely. and what they want, then things become even better the second time around. Wow. Now, I wonder with this next project, whenever it ends up happening, you know, being part of it from the beginning is something unique to, you know, to this film, because as you said, with composers, the film is done. And they're like, okay, these are the themes we want. These are what we are thinking. This, because you, you know, played such an integral part of this process as a first time, that is pretty special. <laughs> it is, and I consider this film my, you know, my child because we've also used, we used to talk about specific scenes, and he would mm-hmm. Rifki would talk to me and be like, "What do you think of this scene? Should we cut this and that?" So ah. I was also my opinion was asked with regards to you know, editing, which is... Like an assistant uh, director type of thing. <laughs> almost, which is not something... It's a privilege, in fact, mm-hmm. because, as you said, as a composer, you're just required to spot the film, you know, and um, it is a privilege. Now, um, it's not something that I would necessarily be looking forward to doing all my life with right. every director I collaborate with because it is a lot of work, you mm-hmm. know, and... Um, but it has its own kind of um i'm running out of words but it rhythm it has its rhythm it and and it is an important thing to go through at least once in your life as a composer yeah i mean one of one of the things that i always tell people is everyone should do something that scares them everyone should do something that they think might they might not be able to do because that is how you grow yes and so getting this experience from your first time out you know three years four years down the road if you had not had this experience and the filmmaker comes to you and says all right, I have this project that is going to take four years. You know, you might pass on it because exactly. you were just not used to that. But having been there, I know the joy of being through it. And actually, there were some interesting that things that happened during these four years. So mm-hmm. one thing is that I travel a lot, uh, pr- partially because I live far away from my family. So I'm more often than not either on a train or on a plane or mm-hmm. on a bus. And during these four years just because he was so picky and he wanted me to re- revise and revise mm-hmm. the score, I would be <laughs> composing on 
you know, um, inside vehicles, which wow. kind of ended up inspiring a lot of the, uh, the film score because mm -hmm. it is about a road trip. Yeah, so a lot of absolutely. this score has been composed uh, on the road. <laughs> on the road, exactly. And also, um, remember, uh, Rifqi, I told you several times that I've seen weird things on highways <laughs> while trying to come up with the, with the, um, the main theme for the film. Mm -hmm. So I've been on a highway where I found um, a drummer with a drum set in the middle of an intersection. You know, the grass that right. you have yeah, in yeah. The, the island in, in the middle of North Carolina on like <laughs> Highway 40 or something. Right. And I'm like... Where did he come from? And right. that was during... <laughs> and what is his story? What is his story? And why is he drumming on the highway mm -hmm. while I'm composing music for a film that has these weird things that happen during, wow. you know, um, during the road trip itself? So there, there were some interesting things that kind of haunted me while I was mm -hmm. composing. <laughs> I'm not the type who's uh, superstitious or... Mm -hmm. um, or who reads too much into things, but I mean, it was kind of, it's an interesting memory when I look back at all the odd things that happened. As on your we, way to this on the way. unique project. Yes. And I would like to actually say one more thing. Absolutely. Um, uh, speaking about being on the road, mm -hmm. uh, once we came to the part where we had to record the film score, so yes. we got Rifqi's approval, everything was fine uh, for the mock-up and we needed to record the live musicians. Um, one of the tracks, actually several of the tracks have string sections, like mm -hmm. a full string section with them. And uh, I was going to record that in Damascus, Syria, because I know um, um, a musician who has a studio. Um, his name is Hazem Jabour, and he has a studio in Damascus where he can record live strings. Um, and uh, given the situation in, in uh, Syria right now, um, we were like, uh, he was still working, I mean, despite the war, right? Mm -hmm. But when it came to the time to record our strings, all of, his, all of a sudden he got a call, a necessary call to go to Aleppo, which mm. is a super dangerous place at the moment. So we had to put the strings recording on hold for a good um, 10 days with him not certain that he can come back to Damascus. Wow. And eventually we gave him, I think, like an extra week. But it was so nerve-wracking because yeah. <laughs> we needed those strings. Mm -hmm. Eventually he came back, and, and, it, and what's funny is that he's never been put in this situation ever. I mean, he's been doing, he's mm. been working in his, in his studio for the past four years since the war started, and he's never had to go to Aleppo. But wow. lo and behold, when it's our time, <laughs> this happens, right? So he came back eventually, which mm -hmm. was a relief, but um, it touches me till this very day that he took the time to go and buy um, an, an electric generator and batteries to make sure that the recording goes without any problems because in Damascus, most of the day they don't have electricity now because of the wall, wow. because of the war, sorry. So he made sure to go and buy that so that mm -hmm. the recording goes well. And I paid him like months later because you can't even wire transfer money to Damascus really? at this <laughs> point. So his dedication for me, despite this like weird incident that would happen where he would have to leave and not know when he would be back. This whole thing for me also means the world. And to know that the strings were recorded in Damascus, which is where I spent a good four years of my life and where Layla is, I mean, Layla in the film is from Syria, you know, and mm -hmm. they are heading towards the Syrian mm -hmm. border. Mm -hmm. And the, the main strings are heard in that end credits 
piece. Oh, okay. So it's there's just so much significance uh, about it to hear the strings that are recorded at the time of war in Damascus. So there were a lot of special things about the score. Mm -hmm. It will always be it, it, it will always hold a very uh, special place in my heart. <laughs> Excellent. Now regarding the score, uh, can people purchase that? Is it on iTunes? I know that you have your own personal SoundCloud where you do your original compositions. Can people purchase this soundtrack? Well, we still did not release the soundtrack. Okay. Uh, I'm waiting for it to be released. Composing for film is like uh, having a baby and then hiding <laughs> it until the baby graduates <laughs> from high school. And you okay. convince people that, no, no, I do have a kid. No, trust me. Trust, trust me. They're I intelligent. For four years. Yeah, I raised them. <laughs> but you can't see them yet. So, right. but now I'm happy that at, at least, you know, the film is going to festivals and people are hearing the music to picture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the important part for now. But soon enough, uh, Hopefully, very soon we'll be releasing the the tracks. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, definitely looking forward to that because yeah, the music is so important. You know, in a film like this, it has such personal tones. So yeah, you yes. guys. I mean, everyone did just a fantastic job. Thank you. Yes. And Excellent. and last thing, uh, we went very minimalistic with the music, but uh, and it was kind of a uh, a tough decision to make because on the one hand, you would want most of your work to be there, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, watching the film on Tuesday night, mm -hmm. and it was my first time watching it in a cinema, oh, wow. I realized how wise of a decision that was because we ended up choosing the music to reflect uh, Radi, the main character's mm -hmm. mindset. And for us, the, for me at least, the, the minivan was his world. And we mm -hmm. wanted the music to reflect Radi's world. So spotting wise i think we we made a good decision hopefully and i hope that's what the viewers also you know that they notice that hopefully <laughs> fantastic well thank you again thank Zuad, you for being on here <laughs> thank you so thank you again rifki for for being on here and talking about your film which again is that is playing right now at the seattle international film festival uh where is this going from here do you guys have some more festival appearances coming up where can people see this well, what I know about now um, is East End, uh, East End Film Festival in London. Okay. And afterward, I think uh, I think we have also three or four other festivals talking. Um, we also have to open in Jordan, our homeland, and mm -hmm. uh, in Egypt soon. Uh, so uh, I think there's a good tour coming, uh, hopefully. Uh, afterwards, we will have this. Uh, um, it's um, theatrical release. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully, uh, by maybe um, before the end of this year. And um, I hope to reach as much audiences as we can because um, um, it is what films are about: um, people seeing the film and uh, interacting with it. So uh, we hope we reach as much as we can. Uh, and thank you, John, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are you guys? Is the movie on Twitter? Do you guys have a website that people should go to? We have a Facebook Facebook, page. Uh, Facebook okay. official page. Yes, uh, it's the Curve Movie. Uh, Facebook dot com slash the Curve Movie, um, and all the uh, um, official um, uh, news and mm -hmm. uh, whatever wherever the film is screened is always there. So I hope people can uh, reach to that page. Sounds great. Well, thank you again. And yeah, I wish you the best of luck on both this project and all of your future projects. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. So my guest that I'm sitting with right now is Javier Ruiz Caldera, whose 
film is from Spain, uh, and it is called Spy Time, which is the English title. Uh, welcome to the show, Javier. Hello. <laughs> now, what is the name of the film in Spanish? The original title in Spanish is Anacleto, Agente Secreto. Uh, that is the name of the comic book uh, is based on the movie. Yeah, and I actually did not know that this movie was based on a comic yeah. book. So yeah. can you tell me a little bit more about that comic book? Yeah, it's, it's an old comic book I used to, re to read when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a 70s uh, comic book, uh, very famous in Spain, of course. Right. <laughs> and uh, I used to read it a lot when I was a child. Like, I, I was the typical boy who don't like sports and <laughs> these kind of things. And I spent all my childhood uh, reading comic books. Mm -hmm. And I still read, <laughs> read comic books. Excellent. And uh, this one was one of my favorites. And... I'm a very lucky director because I have the opportunity to translate that to a movie. Yeah, and if and actually the case that I carry my microphones in is a Superman case, so I'm also a huge comic book fan. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I I can relate to that uh, because I grew up reading comic books. I still care a lot about comic books. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have in my baggage uh, some some mm -hmm. comic books. I, I I'm always traveling with comic books. I'm a really new ones or old ones. Uh, uh, everything. I mean, you want we talk about comic books? Oh, no, I no, have, no. for example, in my baggage here in Seattle, uh, Seattle uh, for the plane, I bring uh, the Frank Miller Ronin. Frank Miller. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the classic Ronan. Mm -hmm. And um, also Daredevil, mm -hmm. uh, a new edition. And uh, what else? And the uh, Swamp Thing of Alan Moore. Ooh, the old yeah. stuff, the Alan Moore stuff? Yeah. Excellent. Great choices. Yeah. Uh, two classics and then, you know, Daredevil <laughs> thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so with this film, since you kind of grew up, you know, reading the comics, now did the comic book, from what I kind of heard, it it ended in like the 70s yeah yeah the, the the main character of the of the comic book is anacleto mm -hmm. and is a, a a spy a secret agent mm -hmm. uh, 30 years old the last comic book who was published mm -hmm. uh, was in the 80s oh, okay then i was missing a lot uh, <laughs> the character of anacleto right. and the comic book and all this time, I, w I was wondering what happened with Anacleto, mm -hmm. uh, with the secret agent. So funny, it's some kind of get smart right. Spanish <laughs> in the Spanish way. And with the scriptwriters, we w we wonder uh, how can be Anacleto right now in this year, mm -hmm. in the Spain of today, in the crisis we are living, <laughs> uh, with the problems we are dealing with, and then. Uh, we 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 take the character and we invented a uh, present. Now he's thirty years older than in the comic book. Mm -hmm. He has a son, uh, and and he has to deal with the new problems of the new century. And that was something. I mean, it was really nice to see that kind of juxtaposition between the father and the son. Yeah, because um, the son Adolfo uh, is just kind of. 
lazy. You know, we, we can yeah. say that he is lazy. Yeah, he's a Spanish typical <laughs> uh, teenager. Well, not okay. teenager. Teenage. I was like, he is in his 20s, yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so to see kind of him, you know, kind of bumbling through yeah. life. Uh, meanwhile, his dad leads this whole life that he knows nothing about, that kind of gets thrust upon him yeah. in the film. Yeah, for me, it's true that um, Spy Time is a is a movie, is a comedy about secret agents and spies uh, in the Spanish way. I mean, but for me, the real the real point of the movie and what uh, what we were I was talking with the actors is always is the movie is about a relationship between a son and a father. Mm -hmm. uh, the, I'm sure. Everybody has secrets with his fathers. Uh, I, right. I, there are a lot of things my father don't know about me, and <laughs> fortunately, mm -hmm. and I'm sure there are some a lot of things I d I never uh, tell to my son. And these kind of <laughs> secrets, uh, the movie is about of this kind of, in, in a comedy in a comedy way mm -hmm. and with a lot of action and adventure around. But this is the the main the main uh, point of the movie. The uh, a, se a secret between a father and son, and the secret gets revealed. Uh, mm -hmm. re revealed. Yeah, revealed. Uh, in th in the beginning of the movie, mm -hmm. and they have to deal with that. If you realize that your father is a secret agent, <laughs> uh, and you are a lazy, uh, thirty-year-old boy, what uh, what can you do? No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now speaking to to the action in this, because yeah, it is. It is a spy thriller. It is action. It is adventure. Uh, the fight choreography yeah. was incredibly well done. Now, in your other films, had you done any sort of fight sequences before, or was this the first time doing this? It's the first time, but uh, I'm a really uh, action movies lover. Then, okay. uh, for me, it's very important that in the action movies, uh, the real actors do the scene. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. like the the, Stunt the stunts levels. and uh -huh. these kind of things because I, I don't feel uh, comfortable. I don't feel like uh, the uh, the character is living the adventure if I see another face, you know. And yeah, it happens point. a lot. Yes. And um, this is the main reason. And the other reason, we have no budget in Spain <laughs> for the stunts, <laughs> and they and I ask to the actors to do everything, mm -hmm. and um, and they say okay. Uh, are you sure? And uh, yes, in <laughs> in the U.S., Tom Cruise do the scenes. Why we can't do that? <laughs> right. And and they did. And and I'm lo very lucky for what they did. And and I like to do. Uh, we 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 did our real difficult choreography. Mm -hmm. uh, they were l learning the choreography during days, uh, weeks, and weeks for because making a. A bad uh, punch mm -hmm. can uh, they can get hurt, yeah. and the shooting stops. Then it's even worse. <laughs> right, um, and that is something you do not want. Yeah. We have a script of the fight of the fight scenes mm -hmm. uh, with kick, kick, uh, kick. Uh, I don't know the name of. Yeah, just roundhouse kick. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and punching and mm -hmm. everything. And it was some kind of funny. I, I enjoy it very much. It was a very uh, the real challenge for me as a director of the movie, the action scenes, because it's not usual, usual at all making action movies in Spain. 
Really? We are we are, have no tradition of this and no budget also. Right. Then, uh, but I want to do that. Um, so you're you're going to be the pioneer, right? You're, <laughs> after this movie, everyone is going to be doing it. I, I hope not, <laughs> because I want to be the, the 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 only one. Yeah, the only one, the one and only. But uh, no, because I think a little bit of spy time is my response to because I love the action comedies, action movies. You're here in America. You have a great action heroes. Right. Uh, but in Spain, we have not this, <laughs> and I, I was missing a lot. <laughs> and I, I tell, what happened if we have an action hero in Spain? Mm -hmm. Okay, we have no budget for <laughs> helicopters, uh, right. sophisticated guns, and this kind of stuff. But we have another thing. We have sense of humor. <laughs> you Very, ha yeah. you ha and, and other things. And spy time is the answer of this dream <laughs> i mean if if the the action adventure you know uh, movies were to start in spain based off of this they're on a great track because <laughs> i mean this movie it really balanced i mean the humor and again like the fight scenes they felt real uh the man who plays uh anacleto uh emmanuel arias Manuel Arias, yeah. The, or that, yeah. My accent is terrible. So. <laughs> Mine too. My, my accent in English show too. Then. So, I mean, he was, he was tremendous, yeah. you know, because watching him, and like you said, when you're watching a fight scene in any sort of action movie, and when someone, you know, turns away from the camera because you know it is someone else, yeah. it takes you out of it. So yeah. seeing him do these scenes, I mean, that was, that was really great to see, being also someone who loves action movies. Because you mentioned in the film Jason Bourne, you yeah. mentioned Mission Impossible, yeah. <laughs> so that definitely comes from your love of yeah. these action movies. Yeah, excellent. And now this had a a big release in Spain, right? Mm -hmm. Like three hundred screens, I heard. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. I'm a lucky director. <laughs> Very. <laughs> now with Anacleto, is this a character in? kind of Spanish uh, mythology, or mythology in the sense of, do a lot of people know about him? Or is it kind of an underground comic book? Uh, it was very famous in the 70s, 60s, okay. 70s, but not now. Only the people like of you my age, <laughs> yeah, in the 40s, or in the 30, latest 30s, mm -hmm. some of them remember the character. Uh, but we did a film that you don't need to know him. Yeah. Uh, to love him, <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, it's 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 the beginning of a new hero uh, for for, for uh, and for the Spanish people and the Spanish audience too. I mean, we create a new hero mm -hmm. based in an old comic book. Yeah, which I mean, to translate that yeah. from something that only some people know about, yeah, to then you know bring it to the modern age. Mm -hmm. I mean that 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 can yeah. be a difficult transition. Yeah, yeah. I have to deal with with, with to make a movie than uh, for creating a new hero that nobody knows, and to deal also with the fans of the comic book, right. and to not trade uh, his uh, memories about the the real the original character. But uh, at the beginning, I was a little bit afraid because the fan, the comic book fan people in Spain are really. Uh, Strong and aggressive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you if they, if they don't like the the movie, but at least I said, okay, I'm a fan also of the of mm -hmm. the character. I, I, I'm doing this adaptation with with respect and love and 
a responsibility of doing a good job. And now I know they love the, mm -hmm. the movie, then I'm happy with that. And that, that always kind of, you can always tell when a director, you know, is passionate about the subject mm -hmm. material, especially when it comes to comic book films. Yeah. You and I both have probably seen all of the comic book movies out there. And you can tell, you know, when a director cares about that comic book and that, yeah. you know, continuity. Yeah. So there were a couple of times in the movie, um, one of them, there's a scene where Adolfo goes into his, his old room in, mm -hmm. the, in the old farmhouse. On the wall, there's a picture of a Superman-type character. Yeah. Now, was that art similar to what Anacleto used to be, or is that something you did? Was that a set designer who uh, had this great idea? No, 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 no. This is a good question, and, and this is my next project oh, as okay. a director. This is a, a very, very famous comic book in Spain also. It's called Super Lopez. Okay. It's a Superman parody. It's a superhero, super Spanish superhero. Hmm. And uh, very, very, very funny. And I put the poster in the wall of the of the main character in the in the spy time mm -hmm. because I, 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 I'm working in this project since five, six years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> And now, <laughs> uh, I, I can't say that next year I will shoot the movie. It, 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 is, it will be a big, big movie in Spain, mm -hmm. even bigger than, than, than Spy Time. And I hope coming back to Seattle to, Seattle to show you the, the film. I Absolutely. <laughs> or you don't even need to come to Seattle, just send me a link and then we can talk about it. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, because that so is that going to be a live action? Is that going to yeah. be animated? Okay, live action, live action, and it's 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 a kind of it's called Super Lopez, um, and it's you know here you have Superman, and it's mm -hmm. great because he's as, like as I'm holding up my Superman, yeah, lunchbox, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> which holds my microphone. Yeah. I love I love this comic book. <laughs> uh, Superman is great because he's uh, Clark Kent is like a loser in a way, mm -hmm. a fake yeah, yeah. loser, Absolutely. but with the suit, he became a, the, the best man mm -hmm. in the world. But Super Lopez, he's a loser, but <laughs> with the suit, he's still a loser, even worse. <laughs> That's okay. the main point of this superhero. It's a Spanish superhero that you can imagine <laughs> how funny it can be. I mean, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it because yeah. it, <laughs> sound, it just sounds unique. And it now is. this is a Spanish character, yeah. you know, okay. Very uh, Anacleto uh, the, the, in Spy Time is not real known in Spain mm -hmm. right now, but Super Lopez, he's he he's, is. he's on, four, I think, 40 years ago, or 30 years ago comic book, and this is still on the liber, liber libraries, mm -hmm. and he, he's still publishing new new comic books about Super From Lopez. the same creator, or is he? Yeah, the same creator. Now, yeah. is, is that creator going to be part of that project also? Do you guys get to work together? No, we, we, we have the rights and I want to show him the script and mm -hmm. we are working on it right now and I hope he enjoy it. And, but he's not the script writer. He has a lot of work doing new right. comic books. <laughs> he can't do that. Gotcha. I hope that he likes the movie. Well, I'm sure he will. I'm sure. Uh, going back to this movie, yeah. <laughs> Spy Time, because we could talk about other comic book movies anytime. Okay. Um, there are some really interesting 
nods to kind of the James Bond, mm-hmm. you know, things from the intro music. Uh, it kind of followed the James Bond type of formula where mm-hmm. the first couple minutes, you know, is this action set piece, you know, with the iconic music and it just goes right into the movie. Just kind of that, mm-hmm. that cold opening, we call it, mm-hmm. where you don't need to know who this guy is, what is going on. It just starts happening. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love uh, James Bond movies, and, and we have to do some something like that. Is the, the beginning is a prologue, then and then character introduction. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know uh, Anacleto for the first time, uh, and you know Vázquez, his enemy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Vázquez is the name of the of the writer of the original comic book. I, yeah. He used to put himself as a, the bad guy of the comic book. Uh, he's a real character, the the drawer, the drawer, creator, creator, the artist. Yeah, mm-hmm. the artist of the comic book. And we introduced them in a very short adventure. Mm-hmm. And then the movie starts with the introduction of the new ca- real character that is the son mm-hmm. of Anacleton. Yeah, and the visuals in that opening scene were really sharp because I'm not sure, where did you film that desert landscape? It's in Spain. Uh, I don't know if you have heard about uh, a documentary that Terry Gilliam, Terry Gilliam a few years ago Mm -hmm. tried to do Don Quixote, uh, Don Quixote. in, in Spain, mm-hmm. in this desert, and he don't realize to do that because it was a real hard desert to shoot. Oh. And the shooting was close and he has a lot of problems. <laughs> the movie never uh, ends, but there is a, a very good documentary about the, the process the of shooting. Of it's the movie it's that Lost in La Mancha, it's oh, okay. the name. And we tried to shoot there, <laughs> and we realized to do that because it's an amazing desert in, yeah. in Spain. It's a military um, testing ground. Yeah, yes. Okay. It's not easy to shoot because you have to deal with the military people. Then, okay, we are shooting. Don't throw bombs, Blow up please. <laughs> right. And this is a, ri- a real story. Uh, but we are in touch with the military people, <laughs> and we are all friends. Okay. And we have a schedule, and, and and in the movie you can see the great landscapes yeah. of, of this desert, and, and it's a really production value for the movie. Yeah, because the landscapes, I mean, that was something that, that really stood out, because you have this, you know, expansive desert, and then, you know, this bright red car, you know, that comes yeah. in, and you have Anacleto in this, you know, black, you know, signature kind of James mm-hmm. Bond, you know, black tux, mm-hmm. and so it just it really separated itself from the landscape, and it just it was a visual just kind of power punch okay thank you thank you yeah i i i, I like a lot of the cinematography of the movies mm-hmm. and i work a lot on them for me it's very important uh, as a comic book lover mm-hmm. I, I i i grow up with a real visual education as a director mm-hmm. and i try to do my best when i make a movie and to put on on image on pictures what I love. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I, 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 I absolutely I'm did. I'm happy. Um, and then I, I talked about it before, the juxtaposition between Adolfo, this lazy character, and Anacleto, you know, this high intensity, you know, spy. And in the middle, you have these characters <laughs> that kind of get woven into it 
by chance. And so the, the supporting cast was also really strong. Yeah. Yeah. The, the movie is about, is, is a, 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 as, as we are talking about, it's a comic adaptation, okay? Then I have to, to deal with comic book characters mm -hmm. and real characters. I mean, mm -hmm. Anacleto, the main character, or, or the bad guys are a little bit... Uh, Uh, comic book characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the way they they are dressed, the way yeah. <laughs> they talk, and then we have the real people. I mean, the son of Anacleto, his girlfriend, his best friend. Then they live in the real world, and mm -hmm. uh, in the movie they collide. And yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 I shoot in a different way. Once the scenes uh, with the father is more colorist and comic book mm -hmm. uh, sense of visual shooting and then the other guys they are in pubs in the work and it's a lot of kind of of life and in the beginning of the movie they collide and mm -hmm. we have a real character based in a, in, in a real uh, person like a 30 years old boy in Spain mm -hmm. and he has to deal with comic book characters yeah And he, at the beginning it was, what kind of people are, are, are these? And, and they start to like it, and mm -hmm. the adventure starts. And finally, he I don't want to spoil it, but finally... <laughs> that there is an awakening. Yeah. We, we, we will say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you again. Uh, the director that I have been sitting with, Javier Ruiz Caldera. The film is Spy Time, which is currently at the Seattle International Film Festival. Say the Spanish title again one more time. Anacleto, agente secreto. There you go. So thank you, Javier. Welcome to Seattle. Thank you very much.